knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. MidwayUSA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call Pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs. Set it out. Set it out and see what happens. Absolutely drilled in. Then boom, he's that good buck. We'll get my buck, then we're gonna go get homie's buck. Been urban piece as hell. Got it. Got it. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. An absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and I got a whole earful of homie this episode. Yeah, buddy. Um, he's going to be absolutely cramming your earful as he's going to be stomping on that son of a gun with so much knowledge that he's going to be spitting right now. Um, we've been doing this podcast like five years, and I, I don't know why, but I just had a revelation. Like We've done episodes with us just like talking back and forth. But I've never interviewed homie and he's never interviewed me as like a legit like homie's a guest coming on the podcast. So uh, this is what I normally do. Oh, how you doing tonight, homie? Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing real guest, good. Uh, to kind of get her flowing. Um, uh, so uh, go ahead and give a brief introduction <laughs> to who you are. <laughs> we'll do that in a minute. Uh, but. Um, if this is the first time listening to this show, we appreciate you showing up and uh, we're going to get into the people that make this possible. And then we're going to get into homie picked a few topics that he's passionate about and he wanted to chat about that he think would be valuable for our listeners. Um, and we're going to run through those and hopefully you guys enjoy it and get to learn a little bit more about homie in this episode, because that's what it's about. Um, get to know a little bit more about him. We're going to start off with ride on optics guys. Um, they sent us three scopes. Um, I've been monkeying with the four by 12 by 50. And I'm going to put that on my muzzle loader and I'm going to try to, I got an LR long range muzzle loader. 
I'm going to try to stretch that thing out and see how it does at 200, 250. Um, I do see a mule deer hunt in our near future. Um, so having that 200 yard range on a mule deer hunt is going to be epic. Um, you know, being able to go out there with a muzzleloader um, in Nebraska was kind of our plan, I think. It's kind of our first uh, mule deer. Um, Grant had went out there with Jake from Exodus, um, and last breath they put out a video. They had a hell of a time out there. Shot a white tail and two giant mule deers, in my opinion, like really, really solid mule deers. If I shot either one of those, I'd be jacked. Yeah, but, hell yeah. Um, really excited to have a really good optic on my muzzleloader now. I bought that muzzleloader, had some problems with the optic I have. Now I have an optic with ride-on that I don't have to worry about for the rest of my life. I got a lifetime warranty with it. Put that sucker on there. And if it's messed up, I get another one in 72 business hours. So I'm guaranteed for the rest of my life to have an optic that's made in America by a veteran and not have to worry about it ever if it breaks. So it's a one-time, a one-time wonder, as I like to say. You get it. Yeah, and you spend the money and now you're done. So if you want to learn about more on them, check out a rideonoptics.com. All right, you got next level? Yeah, guys. Uh next level is now slinging the spring and summer feed. It is available and uh for you to purchase and you can get a customized palette um delivered to you guys from them. Um just call them and, and let them know what you guys want. And um just like um, they're asking for dealers that run, uh, you know, the deal, their feet out of the, you know, your garage. Um, Nate and Scott are just, you know, a couple normal guys, just like Cody and I, just like the guys from the last breath crew. Um, just like probably you listen to this, just a normal dude. Um, couple normal guys who have just started, who have a passion for deer nutrition and providing actual high quality ingredients to a, a herd of deer. And, um, they're just a couple couple guys that enjoy that and actually started something. So um, it really mean a lot to Cody and I if you guys mentioned us, if you did get in contact with them and um, supported their business. All right, you got Exodus Trail Cameras. Yeah, so Exodus, sorry about last week, guys. A little mix-up there on the on the intro, but um, there is still a couple days left for the first time ever that Exodus is offering their trade-in program uh, for this month of March. You guys can trade in any old Lift 2 or Trek and lock in $100 off a new render or a render bundle. Uh, you can go to their website and use the code TRADEUP, all caps, and get $100 off of your new camera. They're going to send you the shipping label for your new camera, and uh, then you ship in your, or yeah, they're going to send you the shipping label, and then you ship your old camera, and then you'll get your new camera. I'll put the link to that in the podcast notes, and uh, the, the directions are on their website. The one thing that I really love about the render, um, the Exodus cell cam, is that it's customizable, and it's not just like your generic five second delay 10 second delay the settings are down by individual increments so it's literally customizable to every single scenario that you could put that camera in and it's also backed by that five-year no bs warranty on theft and damage so um you guys are going to get a hell of a camera and you can save a little bit of money if you're going to trade in an old lift 2 or that old reliable trek man that we love all right, that's it, right? 
Uh, one other thing, we uh, oh. we are on the Last Breath crew for another oh, year. Yeah. We did make yeah. the cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so props to you for, for doing that. Um, we do have a couple codes for you guys that we are going to be shouting out here. Um, one is going to be for Under Warmer, and that's just going to be Last Breath. And then we also have a code for Outdoor Edge, and that's going to be LBT. TV 25. I'll put the websites with the codes on the podcast notes uh, from here going forward. And we also do have a Badlands code that you guys can message us and uh, we will get you a pretty good amount off of your Badlands order for this year, just like we did uh, for most part of the last year, I believe, too. So um, appreciate them guys putting in the work. And um, this is a way for that they give back and uh, they've allowed us, to, they've extended the offer to us to. Um, give it to you guys as well. So pretty cool of them to extend that out. Yeah, and it's good for the listeners to get, you know, if you, you know, if you want to buy something, there's no prompt to buy anything. It's just like, hey, I want a new Badlands jacket. Why not save a third of the price, you know, using this code? And that's something we can, you you know, do for you guys. Um, and same, same thing, thing with the uh, Outdoor Edge. I love that replaceable knife blade in missouri is like stat man yeah. grandpa's like you want me to sharpen that thing i'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like good man grandpa it ain't <laughs> work like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. ain't got time for that so, yeah so uh this is the homie episode so i want to take a kind of a skit from the last breath crew shout them out I wrote down some would you rathers earlier i didn't tell you about them i was actually um, thinking this- about just springing some on you when we did yours too Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we can do? I, I, I had these wrote down earlier in my notes. Um, but just for the listeners that don't know who you are, maybe that they listened for a while, do a brief introduction of who you are and kind of, you know, what, what we've been doing hunting the last five or six years. It is quick, or you know, as brief as you can. Yeah. Without getting crazy. So, uh, so, thirty-two. Live here in Illinois. Got a wife. Uh, been married coming up ten years in May. Got a boy who's five, got a, a younger boy who's three, Aiden and Hoyt. Um, working for the railroad, I met Cody in 2014. That was actually just about uh, eight years ago and five days ago. So eight years and five days ago, um, Cody and I met. We really just kicked it off, and then uh, we decided one day that we're going to start a podcast, and... Uh, here we are and then the last um you know obviously doing this we kind of have made our own path going our our own way together and um you've kind of got me into this uh new new method of how to hunt deer and be mobile um i feel like every time we're in the woods together i learn something from you and that's something that i'm very appreciative about and um, just just tagging along with you, you know, is the majority I think of of my gain as a hunter. So I'm very very fortunate for that. And um, you know, I've hunted Publix and I've I've uh, started hunting with you and done a lot of stuff outside of my normal normalcy growing up that um, I really enjoyed. So it's been a hell of a ride, and I'm ready for whatever the future is going to bring us. Yeah, I had some notes of some stuff that I've seen you improve over the past five years, and I'll probably throw that at the end of the episode as we're kind of wrapping up. Um, 
but just for the would you rathers, mm-hmm. um, we're going to start out with an absolute bang. <laughs> okay. So, a hundred and thirty-two inch buck the next three years. Okay. Or a one ninety next year, but then a four year dry spell. I'm going the one thirty twos. Man, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Whew. yeah. I mean, one thirty is big. You know, I mean, four I mean, year dry spell. That's that's we t- that we, is hard. Bro. Yeah, the four year dry spell is hard. Uh, we, we talk all the time, like an actual one thirty two. Like that's a solid. I mean, it's yeah. solid. You know, that's respectable for sure. So. Um, okay, second one. Acorns in October or beds in October? Uh, the last two years, beds. The five years before that, acorns. <laughs> and the last two have been better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, best time, in your opinion, to shoot a doe? Time of the year. Anytime you go out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm Hell yeah. <laughs> Cody's out there November 1st, like, hey, man, uh, you can shoot that doe right there if you want. I'm like, hell yeah, oh God, where's, she, man, where's, man. where's she at? Where's she at? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're going to lose this lease, man. Just murder. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. You're like, ah, oh, I was just going to see if you're actually going to shoot her. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt yeah. me with a good time, bud. Yeah. There's like five of them. I'm like, okay, you going to shoot her? <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. Here we go. It's, it's great going on a doe hunt because you're like, Man, I'm, I have high chances of actually shooting something. Yes, like, yes. It's just that sense of jackness. I'd be like, I'm probably gonna shoot something tonight. Like, I'm not just gonna have to watch stuff walk by. I know. Um, so you, uh, you wrote down some topics that you want to talk about um, that you that you've you know learned over the last five six years. Um, like I said, I want to do this episode because we have guests on and we talk a little bit. Um, I feel like I'm always talking on the show and I want to give you a chance to really talk about stuff that you wanted to talk about. It lets our listeners learn a little bit more about us, kind of what we got going on in our head. And then, uh, also I'm probably going to learn some shit by the end of this episode, um, that I didn't know, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. we, we hunt together, but a lot of times we have ideas and, we spin it back and forth, but you can only choose one idea. And we, you know, we got a 50, 50, whether it's yours or mine. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? So it's hard to, a lot of times if it's your hunt, I'm like, all right, what do you want to do, man? This is yep. what I would do, but what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we go from there. So go ahead and start off with uh, kind of whatever you want to talk about. And we'll get we'll rip right into this. So, um, like Cody said, I got, you know, three things here that, uh, just, you know, want to spitball about really. And, um, nothing like groundbreaking, but, you know, just really like hunting down to the core values is kind of what it, um, what it relates back to. And the first thing is, uh, just shooting what makes you happy. And a lot of people say that, and I don't think that they actually kind of go out and practice it. And for whatever the reason is, is like, you just can't give a shit what anybody thinks. And as Cody and I get older and our families mature, um, Cody's still adding to his family, you know, and my family's pretty well set, but my kids are getting older. Like tomorrow, I'll never have a kid as old as I do tomorrow. And it's going to be new challenges, going to be new experiences. And when you get to that point, like, it's just you get in your own little world and 
the outside, everything, all the noise on the outside doesn't matter. And that's just kind of like our mindset. And you can really apply that to hunting because it shouldn't matter what you shoot. If I shoot a 100-inch buck or whatever the case may be, it doesn't affect you 99% of the time at all. Now, obviously, we have a different um, thing going on here because we hunt together. But say I'm talking to you at a backyard barbecue. It ain't going to mean shit if, if I shoot and I'm, you know, four miles away even. The chances of you probably seeing that buck are very, very small. And that's that's almost the bottom line to it. But um, Cody and I have both shot small deer. And it's been since we've done this podcast. We both have shot small deer. Not, we didn't downplay it by any means. We were just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what it is. And I tell you what, like, it's just another learning experience. And you got to learn something, you know, whether it's on the blood trail or shot placement or whatever the case may be. You got to learn something that that buck did, like how you set up for that hunt. Uh, You got to learn and um it's just another notch on your belt and it might not be huge huge gains in knowledge but you can still take that and apply it moving forward um another reason to shoot what makes you happy is our uh our missouri hunt this year that hunt to me is like top top in in the fun category go down there no expectations, literally just shooting whatever we wanted to shoot and, and have a good time going down there is, is that what it's, that's what it's all about It's going down there, um, having that family connection, being able to kind of hunt as a group and, um, just sit back and, and not have like the stress of like the big one, you know, it's gotta be the big one. It's gotta be the one I'm after. It's gotta be the one I got the sheds off of. It's got to be the one that I have, you know, 89 picks of. It's just going out there and having fun. And I think I like I like where the state of hunting is now, but I I wish there was more of the fun aspect into it, just like that hunt. Um, I'm not saying that we don't, you know, try to go after big deer or we don't try to, you know, saying that we don't have a hit list by any means, but... I will say these last two years, I have put in a lot of effort in the fun category, and um, it's been it's been a shitload of fun. And also, shooting what makes you happy is there's some guy out there with 87 deer on the wall, and if you think for a second that all of them are 150s and above, like it, no, they're. There's some 120s out there. There's there's some 115s on there. Uh, he's probably got a whole uh, Euro post in the wall full of 80 and 90 inchers out there. And I guarantee if you went in there and you seen his man cave and it's all set up sweet, you would look at them Euro mounts and you'd be like, man, that thing looks pretty cool. And it's got, you know, eight Euros on there, but nothing probably over 110. And... That's that's like his learning curve right there, pretty much. So, 
everybody who's a big deer killer now has killed small deer and had a stage where they shot whatever they wanted. And just like I was saying, like it's the process of hunting. It's the learning curve. You got to get out there. You got to kill some deer and you got to have some fun while you're doing it. So um, let's see. Yeah, just don't get wrapped up in, you know, every year it's big buck, big buck, big buck. And we did that a couple years. And last year we kind of changed gears a little bit. And um, if, if you do go after a big buck and like that's your goal and it's good to have goals and, you know, eventually maybe it don't happen two years in a row, you're eventually going to want to shoot something. And then that's when you can kind of switch to that mindset of the outside noise doesn't mean shit. And then you can kind of just go out there and do your own thing. And then when you shoot that, when you shoot a, you know, a 130 or a 125, it, you're going to be like, man, dude, yeah, this is, you're going to get, you're going to have that, uh, you're going to revisit them feelings of accomplishment and realize how fun it was shooting that deer, being able to, you know, eat that meat. And whether you get to look at the mount on the wall or a euro mount or in 10 years, you're going to be able to look back at pictures or, you know, pictures with your kids. And um, you'll be glad that you that you did end up, you know, pulling that trigger. And I have I have yet to regret shooting one of the bucks that I've ever shot. And then there's also yeah. this. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One, one last one here on this one. There's also the stigma of. If I shoot a buck, I got to post it on social media and all the haters out there and this and that. And you know what? Like, you don't have to post it. If, if like, if you're scared of them comments or whatever, you don't have to post it. But I feel that you should want to post it. And, and you know, you, I feel that you should. And just like I said at the beginning of this, you don't. What they say doesn't mean anything. It's your deer, and it affects them zero, and everybody can just move on. So that was kind of my my spiel there on on shooting what makes you happy. All right, I got a few takeaways from that. Um, I think both, well, not both of us, but I mean, we both killed our biggest bucks to date since we've had the podcast, and then we both killed some of the smallest bucks we've ever killed since we've had the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, um, we've always talked about on here, like you, we might get to a stage where it's, it's all or nothing, but, um, we were kind of talking about it and I feel like a lot of people miss the boat on this. You know, if you don't have kids and they're not going to start hunting anytime soon, and well, I got 10 more years to hunt. You know, if I miss two or three years of kills, not a big deal. In our mind, our kids are going to start hunting soon. We're going to be putting a lot of work into that. Your wife's hunting. You're putting work into that. Like there's stuff that comes up in your life that limits you from the time you have to hunt. And having kids is a huge one. Getting married is a huge one. You know, having a, a career job like we got, that's a huge one where you can't take like it's hard for us to just be like oh yeah tuesday's good we're gonna take it off like our <laughs> job it just doesn't work like that we got sh too much shit we got like a list of shit and it has a time you know and, <laughs> and if the shit ain't done then someone's coming knocking like all right man we're gonna start cracking heads so you don't want to get head cracked so i feel like 
taking the opportunities that present yourself, you know, to you is more important when you get to kind of the stage that we are, um, you know, and hopefully we live to be a ripe old age and we're hunting when we're 70. I mean, we still got a shitload of bucks to kill. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm 45 and now I'm saying, okay, I'm shooting a booner or nothing. Hopefully I still got 20 years of just chasing booners, <laughs> right? you know, and that gives me fifth or that gives me, yeah, 15 more years just trying to shoot bucks. You know, everybody thinks that everybody wants it right now. They think I got to be a booner killer right now. But if you look, you look at the guys that are thinking that way. 90% of them are, are 40 and up. I mean, like the real killers that kill giants every year are 40 and up. Because this game, there's two ways to do it. And I'll be honest with you. Like I've said it multiple times. You can have really, really good ground. Some people just blessed with really, really good ground. When I had the Tina lease, I was blessed with really good ground. I was an okay deer hunter that understand deer movement a little bit enough to get in front of them. But there's a lot of bucks out there. So I killed a lot of bucks. Like it was, um, it's just how it went. Or you put enough time in that you kind of get an idea what you're doing. And then the shit gets easier. And I, I'm going to talk about this on my uh, episode, but I almost think it's it's more of a mindset than the actual learning of the deer. It's like a mindset in your head that you're like, okay, this is where I need to be. You just know, you know, and, and you feel confident of what you got going on, and you understand that the time is right. It's, this is the time of year. It's happened. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years. And I need to be here. And it's just a mindset. You know where you need to go and you're confident enough to do it that because you know you can pull it off. But um, second thing, you said no one, you know, no one really cares about what you shoot. Like to be straight up honest, when when you kill a deer, if you post it, like we got friends that kill deer, like Wayne. He's out there just slaughtering bucks. Had a hell of a year. Multiple different states. And was he shooting absolute giant deer? No. But dude's out there having the time of his life killing bucks. And did that affect our life or change our life at all? When a lot of people would be like, dude, why are you killing so many small bucks? Like there's no reason to even say that because how does that affect you at all? Zero. Like you, you're judging someone that is hunting in a different state than you because they shot a smaller buck than you. So you're like, you're, you're, you're sitting there like it makes zero sense to even act like it matters other than to say, Hey man, congratulations. Like that's literally the only thing that matters is that guy's happiness. And if you're so small that you have to comment something to steal his happiness, to make him feel less of what he's done, then that's on you. Like that guy didn't do anything wrong. He had a tag. He legally killed the deer that he wanted to kill. We, we hear it every year nonstop. And it's the same people that always gripe about, well, you're hurting the deer herd. You're hurting the deer herd. But the people that say that still kill nice bucks most of the time. But a lot of them have to have an excuse those years that they struggle or they didn't get it done. And I feel like that's what it is. 
well, if this guy over here wasn't killing a hundred inch bucks then I'd have a better shot. Absolutely. If that's the case, if you've killed him in the past and he was killing a hundred inch bucks back then, still out there, just got to put the work in. And, um, literally nobody cares. Like once you post that picture and people are going to be like, Oh, he killed a buck. Like that. I, I mean, five years down the road, people are going to remember what the hell no one really cares what you got going on. No. Uh, and I then, mean, yeah, he was- said, learn something. And I feel like that's the most important thing. Like every deer has a blood trail, no matter what the size is. You got to make the shot. You got to track the deer and you don't, you only get to do that stuff after you kill. Like how long do I wait? What did he do after I shot him? How is the shot placement when you walk up there and look at it? Was he big as you thought he was? That's something that I had a problem with last year. Like in the tree to on the ground, I, I don't know what was going on in my head. Dude, <laughs> shit was bigger than it was, you know? And that's just stuff that you don't get to do until you, you kill him. You only get to walk up on so many bucks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and learn that shit. So I like that topic. And I feel like it's talked a lot about a lot, but not like people just mention it. And basically yell at the haters, but they don't explain why they feel that way. So I think that was good to bring up. All right. You ready to move on here to topic two? All right. Yeah. So topic two is how being a mobile hunter has helped me become a better hunter. And, you know, uh, really here in the last, you know, we'll just say four to five years, the mobile game has really picked up um, due to some some newer technology, some newer equipment coming out and um, people getting their hands on it, trying it out. Um, just like hunting public's becoming a little more popular than it was, you know, five to ten years ago. And one thing that being a mobile hunter – I think um, makes you do it is, is it makes you take in the whole picture because your each hunt can be so different than the last one you had, even though you might not be that far from where you were, or you could be on a totally different um, end of the property or even on a, on a totally different property altogether. And you're not going to the same spot. And in order to, have an idea of where you want to go you have to be out there and um rely on your scouting and see what the deer are doing hopefully to some degree and when you get to that point you have to start thinking about like where's he bedding where's he feeding at uh in the rut you know the doe bedding and it's not just oh my buddy put a stand up over here and I'm going to go sit in it. It really makes you take in all of the factors of what a big buck or what a deer is doing in general. And you got to like start kind of dissecting some shit a little bit. And, um, Cody knows this about me. Like when we get, you know, some trail cam data or stuff, like if we start getting a deer on there, you know, a little regular, uh, like, you know, he's been hanging around, like I'll kind of geek out on, you know, the barometric pressure, the wind speed, the direction, um, 
we usually got a general idea of where he's going and where he came from. Um, but then, you know, sure as shit, as soon as you think that, like, wipe that pl- plan out. But um, just going out there and having, like, an open mind about what a deer could be doing in particular and trying to, just like Cody said, try to get in front of that deer when he's there. Something that I didn't really think about too much when I wasn't a mobile hunter, you know, just like, okay, this spot looks good, throw a stand up, and then you're just kind of like married to it, I feel like. Um, Especially if you get a ladder stand up in there somewhere or, you know, the sticks are clanging around. You don't want to be moving that shit really in season. And then, um, you know, take more, you're taking more notes in the off season um, for like trees to hang and noting other hunter sign if you're on public. Uh, maybe you have to share a giant property with somebody. Like there's just so many more things that um, you, you can look at and learn from instead of just going out there and knowing that you're going to be on the corner of this cornfield. Like, well, maybe you need to be 50 yards in there because the deer's going to hang up 80 yards in there. And then now you're 30 yards away and you're in the game. Um, the other hunter sign is like, uh, you know, you can see the tree marks of where the hunter was climbing up with the climber or, um, where his sticks grabbed a tree. And I guess that's more of a public thing, but you're like, okay, you got to keep that shit in your mind because you roll out there on October 10th and a dude could beat you back there and be sitting in the tree and you forgot that. A hunter was in that area and then now now your hunt is all jacked up because you didn't mark that tree or you know that area that a guy's been back in there and um i mean we, we've talked about this before too is like how savage do you be you know um but you know i feel like the first few times i cut cut everybody a break and just get the hell out of there and um you know you got to kind of start looking at people in the parking lots a little bit, like what vehicles are there and um, like, okay, I went back here this time and, you know, nobody was back there and there was a red truck and a blue car. So just stuff like that and um, realizing that deer change patterns throughout the year and change their habits. Of course, we know the rut's going to be crazy. One thing that uh, growing up hunting – I didn't account for was that, you know, the deer are going to be on acorns in October, just like we were talking about here at the beginning. Um, you know, had didn't really know anything about, you know, the food sources changing throughout the year. Um, obviously, it was just like kind of more shotgun hunting until I was about 16, 15, 16, and got into bow hunting. Um, but I tell you what, a sit on October 5th is totally different than a sit on November 5th or December 5th. And it's just so much more, I feel like, tacti- being tactical in the early season. And if you're not even thinking about it, like, yeah, I mean, you're out there and, and you can get it done. But your chances of getting it done are slimmer. And I feel like in October, shit changes so much that it changes so fast you know you, even if you missed missed a week say if you didn't get a hunt during the week from one weekend to the next weekend 
your your whole approach to a hunt could be totally different you know first thing you're you're hunting beds and then you're hunting acorns and then next thing you know you're hunting scrapes and that shit happens quick especially when you're a young a younger hunter or I feel like my weeks now just fly by because I'm in such a routine of everything go to the gym go to work come home supper play with the kids shower bed and just do that and when you just like Cody said when you work 10 hours a day days are just flying by here so if you if you can't get out during the week next thing you know it's Friday again and you're like oh shit it's you know it's October 27th you know maybe I need a maybe time to get on that scrape that I you know noticed here this last week get really hammered and then just like I said there you know stop trying to be one step behind and I felt like every time that I would go out and scout you know the property I grew up hunting I would get that intel and I would feel like I had a good game plan for the upcoming year but that shit would just shift shift enough to where I would be off or something and you know that buck would skirt me or you know just like we always say on here we're we're really good at getting within 80 of a big deer just can't get him within you know 30 and that was kind of you know my mantra growing up really is just being I felt like that one step behind or not hunting like them them right days I was just going hunting because I had time to be going hunting and then I would burn burn a spot up or you know be in there when really probably shouldn't have been in there and now you know we're out there we're getting the intel and just like Cody said it takes time to really get a feel for it and we're we're still getting a feel for it I'm still getting a feel for it you know and and getting in front of of good solid bucks and you know and and having like the last two years to start start the year like my hunts in October are just literally on the edge of killing every time a, a buck that we have some sort of ideas in the area and I tell you what being mobile is adding to that factor but within I, I wish I would have wrote this down Cody but I want to say I don't know how many times I hunted in October but I wanted to say like 10 or 11 of those hunts in October we either saw the deer that we wanted to shoot or he showed up on camera within a half hour after shooting time and we just might not have been like right in that area but we were either on that property or like in that little section I guess we'll say like I mean we're in the shit we're in the chips there to to get it done and being mobile moving around has allowed us to have hunts like that and have a high expectation going into a hunt and um it's added a lot of ex- excitement to it and um you know it makes you want to be out there even more and, and and hunt even more and um you know learn even more every time that you go out there so that's kind of uh how being mobile has helped me uh become a better hunter here in the last you know three four years yeah i think the biggest takeaway from that is um i think we said it before but one of the biggest keys i think being mobile is uh the game's slower like you don't have a set spot in your mind that you're going to get in a tree and i don't care what someone says if you're going in the evening and 
it's two o'clock, right? And you're like, I oh, mean, I got plenty of time. You aren't going to be out till five or whatever. When you're walking to that tree, you're not scouting. You're walking as fast as you can, taking the quickest possible trail. That you're not bumping deer. You're not looking around, getting your scent anywhere. You're beeline straight for that area, and that's where you're going to set up. Mobile hunting's different. You're going slower. You don't. You have an idea where you set up, but you don't have a destination. There's no like. There might be a destination in your mind, but it can be literally anywhere. So when you're kind of cruising through there, you're going slower. You're looking at shit. Oh, this looks good. Oh, man, I could get in this tree right there. And then you're like, well, you know, maybe I try this. Maybe I don't try this. You got to make decisions. And that's why I think when you take the step from hunting like you used to, to being a mobile hunter, the learning curve just starts shrinking so by years, mm-hmm. years, years, and years, because you're not only hunting different places, you're making more decisions. You're not saying, all right, I got five stands. This one's good for this wind. I'm going there. You got ground <laughs> and you're trying to figure out where to go. Like you, there's so many more decisions and it's not just where am I going to hunt? It's how am I going to access it? How am I going to be quiet? How am I going to set up in the tree? Am I, are they going to come from the left or the right? Like there's so many things you have to get right to kill, but you have to do those every time that you go hunting. So say you, how many times, you know, do you, how many, we haven't hung a new set, like a permanent set for, I, hung, I don't know I how hung, long. I hung one for trailer park and I hunted, yeah. I hunted at the one time, you know, but yeah, I mean, we're going to, we're going to hang some permanent sets here mm-hmm. this year, a couple, but I mean, like you hang it that one time in a new area and you're like, okay. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're not, but you only get one time at that area. Like, Oh, this is the spot I think. And then you go in there and you're either right or you're wrong, you know? And, mobile hunting you do that every time you go hunting you gotta hang you gotta scout the tree can i get into this tree you might have you might learn something new trying to even get the stand up like it's it's a process that just speeds up your hunting skill wise and choice making and i think that is like legitimately one of the biggest factors to killing these deer is the choices you make on the drive to where you're hunting or the, when you're walking in the woods, like that's, that's where these deer are getting killed. Like you're choosing to hang back. You're choosing to go forward. Like whatever choice you make might be right or wrong. But if you have a preset stand, you're going to that some bitch and get like probably way faster than you should be making more noise than you think you should be. And you're just trying to get in that stand, get set up in case something happens, you know? And it's just a different game. It's just to, you're slowed down and you're making all those choices on the fly and it's just skyrocketing your skill level compared to the other way of hunting, which if you have ground that's consistent, the other way of hunting is if you got good stands that are kill trees, man, it's devastating on some properties. I've been there, but the learning curve is longer doing that. I believe the success rate, you know, maybe not, but, just like us, okay, you've been smashing it on these preset stands and you're an absolute 
killer on these two properties. Mm-hmm. You lose those two properties, you're not a killer anymore. You can go into something and you might set up like you did on that last property and the shit just ain't clicking. And that that's what I've struggled with, you know, for a couple of years after I lost Tina, like the shit just wasn't the same. Wasn't working, you know, and calling wasn't working. You had to be way more strategic where you're setting up because the deer were spotting me. Like you could set up 12 foot off the ground and no limb tree out there. And they didn't, they just walk right past you. They deer no now shit. winding you. Yeah. Deer out you know, there like, don't wind you. <laughs> no. Yeah. They just, the deer there just, I, I, I swear that people think I'm crazy, but I swear that that pig farm being so close and that smell being so strong that it overpowered those deer's noses and the deer just did not like they might win you and, and check for a little bit, but then they would commit like it is the craziest thing. And I just think that they would just get like a little hit and then just be power overpowered by pig shit. And they just couldn't, that's like a hidden tactic. I think just find a place to buy a pig farm and the fuckers can't <laughs> smell it. Like, I, I don't know. But I had deer just walk right through my scent cone. I'm like, I'm a god. I'm a god. <laughs> you know, like I don't. Yeah, it is clicking for me. Kind of, so. kind of what you said there about you know, scouting on your way in is kind of like what I was talking about, like trying to take in the whole picture of like what what's going on right now and and the, mm-hmm. the decision making is, like we, we I don't know how many times we were like okay let let's get back into this area into this tree. And we see some radical shit like 200 yards away. And then we're there pondering, you know, who, whoever has hunts, hunts it is, is, you know, the decision maker of like, ah, okay. And we'll bounce ideas. And, and then, you know, ultimately the, the decision is made. And just like you said, it's, it's a process of trial and error and, and what's working and what's clicking and, um, you know, what you've seen from that hunt and like, I, I can't get that time when we went in and busted a deer when we we're going into hunt west side and we to pull a trail cam before the hunt. Like that right there was like cut and dry decision wrong, you know. And uh, mm. I don't know how many times, probably eight or ten times I've thought about that while we're out there hunting. We have an agenda to pull cams and I'm like, okay, yeah, we definitely gotta do that after the hunt. Like, you know, keep the shit prime. And it's all because that one time you failed on the decision and now you got that knowledge for, you know, not to do it again for the rest of your life. Yeah, sure. All right. So last topic here. Last topic here is talking about gear, uh, kind of ties in with being a a mobile hunter because I mean, you got to have some sort of specialized equipment you're not just going to roll out there i mean you can roll out there with a big game and if you want to and you know toss that some bitch around it. i mobile gamed it on public <laughs> with that freaking big game and set of sticks i moved that sucker like six times that year when i was on the sunflower bus Sick. and i had the climber yeah and then i was like ah, i'm gonna move this stand over there and that's when shit was prime man god <laughs> nobody yeah, out there yeah, nobody Jeez. bucks everywhere daylighting that that wow. sunflower buck would have been awesome though yeah, yeah anyway I, yeah 
So first thing is, I'll just get the whole debate out of the way, is you can use a gun, a bow, a crossbow, you go traditional, use whatever fucking thing you want. If it'll kill the deer, use it, and it's legal, you got to tag for it, you know, the whole bit. Who cares? Use it, and don't think shit about it. It goes back to that nobody really cares. Like nobody. Oh, and the dike. Perfect example. The huff buck. Yeah. Crossbow buck. How many fucking comments have you heard about a crossbow on that deer? Zero. I've heard. I've heard zero. Yeah. I've heard zero too. But everybody That's loves why the deer. To have them on because it was a crossbow kill. We were looking for a legend crossbow kill, and we we're like. We want to promote all types of hunting because we don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a great, great choice to do it because the guy is upfront about it too, which props to him. You know, he's like, yeah, it's a crossbow kill. Like, who gives a fuck? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And I like goes back to that. Like, if you if someone does care, especially if like they don't even hunt around you, that's just jealousy. That's all. Oh, you shot it with a crossbow. Oh, you shot it with a gun. Like, bro, bow hunting's harder. We get it. <laughs> yeah, <But> we know. <laughs> why? If, if, if I took a bow out during gun season and I had my target buck at 70 yards just chilling, I would feel like the dumbest, <laughs> absolute dumbest person ever. Just holding my bow, like running at the fucker, gonna scare him away. Like, what do you do? Like, you're gonna be like, <laughs> if I had my gun, it'd be over. Like, you're gonna fight. And, and that, if you are a strictly bow hunter, props to you. There's nothing wrong with that either. No, yeah. But don't, you know, don't do shit on somebody for hunting with something else. Yeah. Whether it be a gun or a crossbow. If it's legal, like, and they shoot the deer, and they kill the deer with a gun, guess what? You can't kill it with a bow now. Like, so <laughs> it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, bring that fucker back to mine so I can kill it with a bow. Like, no, it's it's done. The deer is dead. Like, yeah. You can be pissed about it, but you're literally just pissing yourself off because there's literally nothing you can do. Like, absolutely zero you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I love the comment about <laughs> We know it's harder with a bow. Like, we know it is. Yeah, Everybody know it. knows. Like, no one's denying that. <laughs> no one's out there like, oh, no, dude. It's, you know, I shot it with 90 yards. But, if it, you know, a bow kill, a bow hunter would not have killed a steer. Like, I mean, I had, no one's saying that. I had magnification on my eyeball. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's, no one's going to say, like, no one's saying that bow hunting is less of a, uh, kill like everybody knows it's it's still a kill but we know it's harder with a bow yeah not people aren't denying that they're just it's hard as hell to kill these things so they're taking advantage of what they got exactly so and um like there is a i feel like there is a plethora of gear out there and whether you are private land you know ladder stand guy blind guy gun public like there is an ass load of gear out there that's come to market and a lot of great stuff 
And I think a lot of people get tied up in having that latest and greatest, you know, trinket or equipment. And really what you need to be is you just need to be practical with what you buy. You know, don't get cute. That's what, we, that's what we've been saying here the last couple of years. Don't get cute. Just be functional. You might not be able to have that $1,000 stand out there. Maybe you got that $400 stand that's a pound and a half more. I mean, that's functional. It fits your budget. So go out there and, and make the best of it. And then I'll, I'll get to that later, but, you know, just be functional, be efficient, be quiet with your gear, and um, inspect it for safety. Also is use the gear that works for you. Just, you know, just because Cody has this wicked backpack don't mean that I'm going to like the backpack because I have a backpack that is, is not, not the best. And I think I'd like Cody's backpack a little more, actually. And that's a change I'm going to make this year is I'm going to get me a different book bag. And we, we both know that my book bag is shit. And it, it, I thought it was going to work for me, but it doesn't. And it, you have to have shit that works for you because the last thing you want to do is be out there. I don't know how many times when, you know, back in the early days of me hunting is like you're just out there and you don't have necessarily the best shit, but you got shit to get by. And you're just out there fighting it and just doing that small stuff, it becomes a struggle. So you have to get stuff that, you know, you can work with and, and be efficient with. And then my big thing also with gear is if you do want, you know, a new bow or you want the latest trail cam or whatever it is, like just budget it out and budget it out over the year. I know shit comes up and, but if you wanted that bad, you'll, you'll find a way, you'll find a way. I mean, they're side hustle or whatever it takes, just budget it out and, and you can have it. And it's not that, it's not that that bow killed that deer, and that's why that deer got killed. But maybe it helped. Maybe maybe that bow, maybe that arrow got there a little quicker than you know your twelve-year-old PSE Nova. So, in doing that, if if you guys hunt as much as you know, as you hope to. Your shit's going to get worn out, and you are going to need some updates. And, you know, that's when you can take that budget into effect. And and then hopefully as you get, you know, older and stuff and, and you got some money, like, then you can get the stuff that you actually want and is functional. You know, it's, it's the whole package. And, um, you know, we – I look at things every year at the end of the year. I look at, look at my current setup from A to Z – and I make a note in my phone of like things I'm going to plan on buying this coming year. And I don't even, I don't even know if season was over, but I'd already bought my stand for this year. Like that's just kind of how, how I work and how I operate. And, um, and then just like the trendy, the trendy stuff It's it's going back to being cute and being less functional and less practical and 
that that's really all I got to say about that because I just I don't like the cute stuff. Just go out there and hunt and hunt your hunt. Like we, we say that on here quite a bit too. Is go out there and hunt your hunt. Don't try to copy anybody else or hunt the way anybody else does because your deer might be doing something a little different. So just go out there, hunt your hunt, shoot what makes you happy, and and just have some fun. Most of the time, the the most simple stuff is the best when it comes to, for me, when it comes to getting out there, like, I need a backpack with three zippers max, like, <laughs> comfortable clothes, a bow sight that's not complicated as shit. Like, I need, <laughs> like, and don't, I, like, I took a brand new sight and destroyed it, basically, to, not destroyed it, but, like, it isn't what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's a four-pin sight that will never be a four-pin sight because I did not like it. I'm like, nope, now I'm ripping this up. bitch out. Three-pin <laughs> sight now. Like, it's just, you got you to gotta make shit work. And then um, when you got good shit, just yeah, keep it. Don't, don't, you ain't got to change stuff every year if you don't want to. Like, if you got solid stuff, don't make it more complicated than you have to because it's just like you get new shit. And then I was looking at like <laughs> cleaning out my garage to get all that lumber in there. Mm-hmm. And I was going through my cabinet and just looking at all <laughs> this, like all the shit that I say that I have. And I'm like, God, there's a lot of shit that I do not need. Like all the different bow hooks I've tried. Oh my like, God. And I and I just use like the cheap ass screw in long one now. Like I, I got the pull strap one. I got the ratchet strap one. I got the three hook one. I got the hooks with the hooks hanging down one. Bro. I got the little one. I'm like, I'm like, you took that one out of that tree in Watauga and used that for like the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like <laughs> the simple. Yeah, that I finally got that thing back. It's been up there for like five years. That like, red oh, yeah, and white one, man. Yeah, I'm like, this is OG this was money back shit. in the day. It's not even a bow hook. It's like a, it's like it's a, like a garage pole hanger, hanger like a fishing pole hanger. <laughs> <Yeah. such> <laughs> like, this was good five years ago. I got out of that tree. I'm like, ooh, this was this is nice. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like you were looking around your garage going to hunt one time. Like, what in here can hold a bow? Oh, yeah, oh, hell yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got it back. Still got it in my backpack. Like I know my saw, like my saw, I found it on the ground on public land. Thing is prime as hell. It Rusted is. as shit. Thing cuts <laughs> like crazy. I'm like, why would I get a new one? This thing is mint. It's, it's like so... got just enough loose in the bolt to where it flexes real good. You know, I'm like, this thing is perfect. Like I, I don't need to buy anything else. Just <laughs> use, use what you got. So, all right, I'm going to get in the last three would you rathers and I'm going to, uh, run through a list of shit that I wanted to mention down. Um, you actually talked about some of the shit, some you didn't, um, that I've seen that you've improved a shitload on um, from when we first started hunting together to now. Um, so back to the would you rathers. Um, best day to hunt for the whole entire year. November 4th. November 4th. Um Favorite hunt that you had the last five years? Missouri this past year. Missouri. Morning or evenings in the rut? 
Uh, to kill morning, to have a good hunt evening. Um, all day sit in the rut or a move midday? Uh, move. And uh, drink of choice after a successful buck kill. Lately or ever? (laughs) (laughs) Lately, it's been ranch water. Yeah, ranch water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Down for the agave. Uh, um, So just a few things that I wanted to mention that I think that you've done a lot better. Um, I feel like it's cool to have this podcast um, so I could say these things about it. We talk about it but I'm never like this, 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 and this. Um, so for when we first started, um, when I first started knowing you hunting and then now, um, making calls that you have in your head and then actually committing to those calls. I remember back in the buck nest, you were really like, man, I don't want to cross this Creek. Like, I don't want to pressure those deer. Um, you didn't want to get access from the neighbors. Like there's steps that you had to do that you were just kind of putting off. Um, and then you did them and you're like, oh shit, this is, this is working. Yeah. We committed. And now those small steps of like, man, I need to go way out here and go around or I need to go access through this. I need to ask to go over here and get permission. Like it's, it's easy for you now. And before it was hard for you to make those like hard choices or like extra steps to get in the position. And now it's something that you do like, um, real easy. Um, and then, uh, being more confident while you're by yourself. Um, a lot of it was like, we were together, we were making moves together. Now you're like going off doing radical shit while you're hunting by yourself, going into shit you've never been into. And when we first started hunting, that's something, I think it's just cause you hadn't been on public land a lot. You were kind of timid at first. Mm-hmm. And then now you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go over here. You're making moves, you're moving trail cams. You know, and shit like that, where before it would have been like we would have talked about it and you're just saying, no, this is what I this is what I think I want to do. And you're doing it. Um, You're understanding deer and how they work ground better. You still get your north and south and east and west. (laughs) It's it's fucked. It's (laughs) fucked. (laughs) But, But you're understanding how they work the ground and making the moves to set up on them way easier than they were before. And I believe that's because you're bouncing around more, doing more shit by yourself. You're seeing more deer work. Um, last year you had a shitload of encounters um, with deer. You know I mean? We, we were all over them. Um, and a lot of it was on calls that you made by yourself. You know, a lot of the hunts like pickles was kind of a, group thing but mm-hmm. that was you went in there made the call on the access made the hunt then the watauga deer that you almost killed um then out on on the public piece you know you got close out there um you're making calls and you're doing it by yourself so and then uh another thing i want to mention is you're slowing down the game a lot uh, even for me you're you're saying hey let's just think about this for a second make sure we're making the right choices weigh out our options and then go from there i'm kind of like a a full sender like this yeah. is what i'm thinking and you're like well like i you know and you're getting more confident to bring up the wells 
um, because I think you're just getting more ideas because you're thinking about more shit now. You've been in more scenarios than when before when we first started hunting, you hadn't been in all those scenarios. So you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, that sounds good. Like you don't, you have, you don't know the shit wasn't moving in your head like it is now. Um, and then your attention to detail, um, the last few years has been increased crazy. That was, I got that all in caps. Like your, uh, your attention to trail camera data, um, remembering stuff like you're just, you're way better at that shit than I am. Like, your understanding like a lot of times i'm like yeah he went over here did this and you're like no he actually was doing that i'm like oh, shit yeah he actually was doing that and I, the shit gets blurred for me but your encounters are clear and then putting the data together you're really good at paying attention to the detail putting the work together and then uh just want to give a shout out at the end of this for all the work that you do for the podcast and all the shit throughout the years the friendship it's been solid um, do a lot of shit for the podcast and I appreciate it. Um, and that's it, man. You've, you've improved on a lot of other shit, but I was no, just yeah, man. I, things that really, really I've noticed and have made me better hunter. Um, but I love seeing you. I love getting a text message. Like I'm going in, I'm going to go in here and I'm like, hell yeah. Cause three or four years ago, like, yeah, you would have been like, man, what, what tree, you know, do, is there a preset standing there? Like you wouldn't have been doing that shit. There was just like, like when we were hunting Tina's, you were like, Oh yeah. Is there a stand back in the back? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, Oh, I want to move it. And you're like, fuck, you want to move it? You <laughs> <I> know? Know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we gotta be across that Creek. Bro. Yep. We gotta be over there. You know, and if we wouldn't have made that move, but you're like, you want to move it? It's the rut, bro. I'm like, yeah, we got to move it. Shit. You, you want to move it's it awesome, and then me come bro. sit here tonight? Like, you're crazy. Yeah, you're yeah, crazy. Then you, then you have a crazy. Almost had a yeah. hunt in my life. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, we got to move this shit. And then you got to hunt here. Like, the shit is on. And, like, that was, like, mind-blowing for you back then. And now it's, yeah. like, stupid shit. So, for me, like, the shit was clicking. But you're you're right there at my level now because – the mobile game shit it just clicks in the public land makes you click faster you're competing with other guys when you hunt one property you got like two or three bucks that you're trying to you only can see so much shit but when you're Mm -hmm. like with us when you're hunting like we have this property for two or three years we got this property we're over here we're hunting this property we're on this public there's so many bucks that you're getting shit on and you're like man this deer is radical as hell this deer is doing He's daylighting every day for 15 days. Like, I mean, you just realize that like every deer, you got a attack different. And when you're on that private piece, kind of hunt the same way, you're like this tree, October 12th, last year, I seen a, I seen a giant. So I'm going to go there. The wind's right. Like that's, you're not, it's a completely different deer, mm-hmm. but you're on the same way that, and now you're, you're way more confident to to make calls. And then like my buck this year probably wouldn't have killed that deer. If you didn't make that call, like we talked about it, I was going to do some stupid shit and you're like, man, I don't know. And then you said it, I'm like, that's the right call. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, at the, I was at the gym. I was, I looked at my phone. I was like, grass field. Like what the, what are you yeah. doing, bro? Yeah. Like I, that's like I said, I get thinking about shit and then I forget about, 
what we got going on. You know, I'm yeah. just, I'm thinking about 38 different spots. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, but when you get, it's good. We're kind of two different hunters that merge into of the same style, but different, different ways of getting it done, you know, but you're kind of coaxing towards my side a little bit more over here. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. Like, yes. You're but like, oh, what's over there? I'm like, yeah, go check that red job, bro. Yeah, more. exactly. That, when God. we do our pod, my podcast, the fucking one more Ridge thing is like, I went the PT spot. We oh. were so close to that last year. We were so close, like a hundred yards. That's stupid. We were a hundred yards from where we needed to be. Then I go back there. I go back in there again, you know, making the way in there good. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb this hillside and scout this 150 yards from where acorns all over. I'm like, (laughs) if I never would have walked up this hill, I never, I was literally a hundred yards deeper. I never would have known. And dude, it's like, you think the top is thick? It's oh, like, yeah, it's like, it's like the hot corner for 40 acres. It's God. just. Remember we come through like part of that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and then that Ridge has acorns on it. I'm like, what? Like it, just a little and, nugget back there. And you're in between the ag. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, I'm really confident about that spot. Like I feel real good. Maybe not kill that deer there, but mm-hmm. that, as long as the wind holds true, that's going to be the, yeah. the nail on the coffin. Like shit. we might have to hunt, like the trail I made going in, we might have to hunt like further up that trail to get that wind coming out and not be like, where i want to be but but if uh if that wind hold true man it's gonna be i'm saying because that kind of tees up right there and it's really low so hopefully but um hopefully like a low wind morning get some thermals and yeah solid but uh i agree on on everything that you said that i've improved on i would a hundred hundred and ten percent agree that um those things have definitely Definitely improved in the last five years. And two things that not have is keeping track of my release and shot placement. <laughs> when when you get into the kill moment, you just haven't been there enough. That's yeah. all that is, man. Yeah. I, I messed up. And I was thinking about that. And uh, I don't know, maybe like a week ago. And I was thinking about how many times I messed up on turkeys. Like I missed a shitload of turkeys. I missed up on opportunities on turkeys. I have like, I had this spot, dude. It was so good with turkeys and I never killed a turkey off that place. And every time I went, I was on turkeys. Like if it's with a, I missed them with a bow. I missed them with a gun. I spooked them. I don't know how many times I got caught by a fence. I don't know how many times, like, <laughs> It was just like ass kicking after ass whooping after ass whooping. And it was just a permission piece that literally you could go there any time of the day and there's a turkey there. It was just like, oh, I got out of school early. I'm going to run up here. There's a turkey out there in the field. Like it was, (laughs) it was insane. And in the mornings, it was just like, 
that was when I had the scare of my life at nighttime out there by myself, like 12 years old, turkey hunting, and probably not even supposed to be out there by myself, probably needed an adult for, but I'm out there, got the old single shot 12 gauge I got as a Christmas present. And <laughs> I'm sitting there in this dark and the old, I'm like, there's a bobcat about because I've been calling, they're gobbling and shit, right? And I, three foot from me, a possum barrel. I'm like, <laughs> Trying to light, I'm like, ah, possum, got him. 12 years old out there, scarred for life. Fell asleep one time and in a tree stand, like a big wooden stand. I was deer hunting and I woke up and I swear that I seen a pig, like a feral pig. And I'm like, holy shit, there's like three feral pigs and it ended up being turkeys. <laughs> and I missed one of those son of guns like 10 yards with a bow out of a tree stand shot right over its back and i was like it's like the 38th time i messed up on turkey so i was like man i i messed up on all those shots but it wasn't deer it was turkeys because that's what i was hunting early mm -hmm. and then i i got that shit out of my system and i was like and then you know the deer i've i've only had a couple bad instances where you know i lost that giant and lost a couple does and shit but nothing where it's like i shot one doe one time with a 243 and out there by myself again during rifle season probably like 16 never never found her hit her right in the shoulder like should have been a dead deer and never found her like and you remember that shit forever oh, yeah. even doe yeah but i had i had all those mess ups but i had them so young like from 12 to 16 17 like i was out there just missing shit you know you get in that moment and panic and you you know and then you get to a point where you've been in that moment so long that it's just like okay it's time to do what kill. i do and what it takes is it takes like some really good kills like you get you like you kill like four five six deer you get a good shot on them. You make the shit happen. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like you, It's just a mindset mm -hmm. is all it is. Just like all hunting. It's just a mindset of, I know what I'm doing here. going to make it happen. And you, you make it happen. You know what I mean? And that's that's all it is. But, yeah, the release, the one year with the release, bro, that was <laughs> it's just uh, terrible. I got no, excuse, no excuses <laughs> for that. That was no. just it's dog shit scale. one thing that yeah. helped me last year is having the uh the bino harness i just slide that yeah. puppy right in the side pocket didn't have to worry about it at all the bino harness that i never carried by yes yeah, got cookies got peanuts yeah. i got all kinds of shit in there no straps binos. <laughs> no binos <laughs> talking dog shit like, about having no binos just, yeah just <laughs> i got what do you need? Capstick? Yeah, yeah, got it. Extra battery? Yeah, got it. <laughs> Wind checker? Yeah, got it. With the right star here. crunch? Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, all this shit's right there, but no binos in that song. Yeah, no zero, zero binos in there. But all right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoy this episode, getting to know homie a little bit more. Um, like I said, we're I think we're gonna do one of these with me, um, just because it's time of year where honey content is kind of shitty for everybody that if you're listening this long we really appreciate it. you are an absolute diehard bow hunter um or deer hunter i get in general um if you're listening to deer hunting podcast and uh 
in the end of March, first of April here. So um, we really appreciate you guys listening this long, all the way to the end. Um, if you guys ever need anything for us, man, message us anywhere, any social, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we'd love to help you out, talk about deer. Um, you guys support us by listening to this podcast. Literally, the only thing we can really do for you guys is, you know, give you a friend to talk to, chat about deer hunting, spitball some ideas. And uh, we really enjoy, really enjoy meeting people that listen to the podcast and uh, and helping them out. So, like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out. go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. fun to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment